Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today's spy was one of the most renowned female operatives in the Allied resistance. She used the art of persuasion to deceive her enemies and escaped capture more than once. Her beauty and savviness inspired the original Bond girl, Vesper Lind. Let's talk about Christina Scarbeck. Christina Skarbek was born in Warsaw, Poland on May 1, 1908. She was introduced to privilege and opulence early in life. Her father, Count Jerzy Skarbek, was a descendant of one of Poland's oldest noble families. And her mother, Stephanie Goldfelder, came from a wealthy Jewish family. Christina's heritage bred in her a sense of self-assuredness, loyalty, and patriotism. These qualities would bolster her success in her future career. The year 1930 was pivotal for Christina. Her life turned upside down in more ways than one. Her father died and left the family in a precarious financial situation. To ease the financial burden put on her mother, Christina got a job at a Fiat car dealership. But that job didn't last. Exhaust fumes from the dealership scarred Christina's lungs and she was forced to quit. Incapable of being idle, Christina followed the doctor's orders and spent more time outdoors hiking and skiing through the Tatra Mountains. For fun, she sought out secret routes and smuggled cigarettes in and out of Poland. In the spring of 1930, Christina married Carol Getlich but the couple was mismatched and the relationship ended in divorce after just six months. Eight years later, Christina tried again. She met a man who was just as adventurous and full of life as she was. On November 2nd, 1938, Christina married Jerzy Gazicki. Shortly after their wedding, Jerzy accepted a position to serve as Poland's consul general in Ethiopia and the newlyweds relocated. But when Christina and Jersey heard about the German invasion of Poland, they immediately packed up their lives and sailed to London. Christina's love for her country motivated her to go to the British Special Operations Executive and demand they make her a spy. Christina presented the SOE with a plan. She would go to Hungary to print propaganda pamphlets and then ski over the Tatra Mountains into Poland to distribute them. Then from Poland, she would run intelligence missions to help liberate her homeland. The SOE recognized her intelligence, devotion to Poland, and willingness to take risks as assets and approved the plan. On December 21, 1939, Christina traveled to Hungary for the first leg of her trip. She joined a covert courier operation that smuggled money, radio codes, and weapons in and out of Poland. While in Hungary, Christina also connected with a Polish army officer, Andrzej Kowarski, who would become her partner in crime and life. Christina ended her marriage with Jersey and committed her time and energy to working side by side with Andrzej to subvert German efforts. When Christina arrived in Poland, she used her fluency in Polish, French, and English, as well as her reputable Polish contacts to gather information. She was highly successful. 
Winston Churchill even deemed Christina his favorite spy after she smuggled microfilms in her leather gloves with the plans for the German invasion of the Soviet Union. Word of her success spread so fast that posters offering a reward for her capture were scattered throughout all railway stations in Poland. But they could only outrun the Gestapo for so long. In early 1941, Christina and Andre were arrested and interrogated. Christina used her quit wit and propensity for thinking on her feet to secure their release. After biting her tongue hard enough to draw blood, she began coughing and convinced the Nazi officers that she suffered from tuberculosis. The officers released Christina and Andre out of fear that if the couple stayed in their custody, they too would become infected. Christina and Andre were smuggled out of Hungary in the trunk of a car and were brought to SOE headquarters in Egypt. Because of the time Christina spent in German custody, it took considerable efforts to convince the SOE that she was not a double agent. She was also too well-known in Poland and Hungary to return. So Christina spent her time off working and training in Egypt. She practiced parachuting, how to conduct wireless transmissions, and Morse code. She was finally given a new mission in July of 1944. Christina parachuted into France to provide support to French resistance fighters in preparation for the Allied invasion of southern France. She was also the courier for resistance leader Francis Comertz. She facilitated important communications locally and internationally. Christina set up the first communications between the French resistance and Italian partisans on the other side of the Swiss Alps. At one point, when Christina was traveling along the French-Italian border, she was stopped by two German soldiers. They prompted her to put her hands in the air, and when she did, she revealed two ready-to-detonate grenades. With bravery and fierceness, she threatened to kill herself and the two soldiers if they did not let her pass. Her methods of persuasion proved quite successful, and the soldiers fled. One of Christina's biggest accomplishments was her rescue of Francis Comertz. In the late summer of 1944, Francis and another SOE agent, Zan Fielding, were captured and imprisoned by the Gestapo. Christina figured out where Francis was being held. She took her time circling the outside of the prison, humming the tune of the song Frankie and Johnny, which the two had previously bonded over. Frankie and Johnny were Francis confirmed he was inside by humming back. Christina then convinced the prison guard that she was Francis's wife and the niece of a British general who was en route to southern France as part of the Allied invasion. If the guards didn't let Francis and Zan go, there would be a horrible price to pay when the Allied forces arrived. Alongside the threat, Christina negotiated an agreement to release Francis and Zan in exchange for 2 million francs. 24 hours later, the money was in the hands of the Gestapo, and Francis and Zan were delivered to Christina's custody. The end of the war brought Christina's six years of service to a close. Her achievements were celebrated. She received the French Croix de Guerre and the British George Medal. Despite those awards, Christina was left to fend for herself with just one month's salary from the SOE. She took a job as a stewardess on an ocean liner and struck up a friendship with a bathroom attendant named George Muldowney. 
George became obsessed with her and stalked her every move. When Christina returned to London, she reconnected with Andre. The two planned to go away on a trip together. On June 15, 1952, Christina left her hotel to meet up with Andre. Instead, she was accosted by George Muldowney. He demanded to know how long she would be gone. When Christina told him she would be away for at least two years, George stabbed her in the chest and killed her. During his trial, he told the courtroom that his act of violence was his final possession. Christina's remarkable life was cut short, but her legacy lives on. She was the first woman to work for Britain as a special agent. Christina was passionate, ambitious, and above all, devoted to freedom and independence. All month, we're talking about spies. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow. Before you go, I want to tell you about another show I think you might like. Life Jolt from CBC Podcasts examines the lives of women navigating Canada's correctional system. Host Rosemary Green, who spent five years in prison herself, guides listeners through tough issues like solitary confinement and the overrepresentation of Indigenous people in Canadian prisons. The series gives unprecedented access to the inmates who call the Grand Valley Institution for Women, a federal penitentiary, home, and examines the resiliency and potential of women who've survived prison. Find Life Jolt wherever you get your podcasts.